0: How's it going guys? Welcome, welcome to episode number 27 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with your host, myself, Michael Lindsay. hope all is good. I'm back with another uh, guest podcast today, guys. So really, really excited to have this inspirational um, lady on. Um, Her name is Rosie Farrell and she is um, a designer and sub-editor with Irish Country Living section of the Irish Farmers Journal um and she was featured in rte program earlier this year RT's big fix um rosie was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis a few years ago um as a very young woman um and you know she has she was actually in the middle of um training for the dublin half marathon at the time so we're going to talk a little bit more about that um and how she got respite in painting and Um, how that's really um, you know transformed her life and what they did on the big fix to help her which was an amazing watch as well so so uh, Rosie uh, is also a cousin of mine which is um, amazing we grew up in Cambridge actually she moved to Ireland I think a good bit before me and moved to Sligo where her family live Um, her mother Jackie is my first cousin and her granddad, Paddy, <laughs> is my godfather. So yeah, um, there's a there's a link there as well. So I'm more than delighted to welcome Rosie Farrell to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. Hi Michael,
1: thanks very much for having me
0: on. No worries at all, delighted to have you on. Um, I suppose we'll get the C word out the way, the COVID word out the way first. Um, how's everything going? You're currently living in Germany, is it near Frankfurt, is it?
1: Yeah, Frankfurt City Centre, so um, I got over in January, just before Covid kicked off, thankfully.
0: Oh, Very good, and you're living there with your husband Niall, and you have a little dog, Trixie. <laughs> How's she doing? I saw her dressed up in her Christmas uh, a Christmas yeah. outfits the last day.
1: She, she loves a jumper, she's not very used to the cold, so <laughs> the dog goes around shivering and gets excited when you take out a jumper, and... Um, so, you know, that's in our defense, you know. We don't dress up our dog just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, restrictions wise, how's everything compared to over here? I know you're in touch with your family, obviously. So, how's Germany doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're more relaxed than Ireland, the restrictions are. Um, I guess Germany's so big. So, I guess we kind of compare the rates within our state to Ireland. And yeah. kind of our area is kind of sitting around what dublin's on at the moment so um yeah but they're talking about stricter restrictions coming into place um so yeah we'll just see um to be perfectly honest like with me and in terms of my lifestyle and stuff um day to day there's not that much of an impact i mean if anything covid has improved my you know social interactions which is people always find strange. But for me, like I had a very rough year, the run up to COVID, my health was very bad. I, I was at home most of the time and I couldn't even uh, make it around the supermarket, to wow. pick up a pint of milk, my pain levels were that bad. So I guess I was fairly isolated. So thankfully, obviously, you know, I've been doing better, but like COVID came in, all these classes, I didn't have the energy to attend, moved online everybody so that was like, more, like yeah. zoom calls or so suddenly i was going i'm doing this class on a monday this class on a wednesday and my week was just packed and i was going this is great like i i hope people continue to do online classes when the world returns to normal um yeah 100 yeah. and it's
0: that structure i think as you said there rosie and i found when i had to kind of close for the first time i went i actually ended up back in Korea with the folks and um after the initial freak out of closing the business, I was like, you know, when I got my structure in and I was doing my exercise in the morning, I had a couple of courses that I hadn't done in the after, like for the last couple of years. So I started to do a bit of study in the afternoon. I started doing Zoom classes, like, you know, teaching my members that so it, it was great for me and for them, you know, gave us something to keep us going. And as you said, um, gives a structure for the week and the day and, um, and uh, yeah, and I kind of didn't think it that way. That would suit you really well. Um, and that Zoom parties and the connections that way, you know, that would be a big help, especially you living away from home
1: yeah it's it's kind of funny the way that worked out as well That you know we've moved to and everyone wants to be on zoom now which is lovely so yeah I guess.
0: exactly we're all getting used to the zooms <laughs> <laughs> um so i mentioned it briefly in the um in the intro there so you uh, so i'll take you back a little bit um um to you were training for i think it was the, the dublin half marathon if i'm right and so that was maybe three four years ago Um, and you then noticed some unusual symptoms then Rosie if you talk us kind of through that bit obviously you're fit healthy you're you're training for the marathon and then um, things started to change so just talk us Um, through a little bit to the listeners just so they can understand I suppose when it when it started and how old were you at the time were you early 20s then were you Rosie?
1: Yeah so what's funny was um, I guess I was massively into running and I hadn't actually committed to the half marathon or the marathon when symptoms started to really kick off. Um, I mean, going back, I've had strange symptoms on and off. God, since my teens, like random episodes where maybe for a week I'd have extreme fatigue and everyone would be like, come on, you know, and, and get yourself out for a walk. It'll brighten you up. And, you know, and I had a younger brother and I remember running around after him and being like, oh my God, how am I this tired? And then it would just disappear again, and I think nothing else of it. But in 2014, when I was 24, um, just, you know, obviously I was a workaholic and obsessed with exercise. I seemed to think I could do absolutely everything. Um, And just this weekend, I noticed crazy, crazy fatigue. I was trying to drive down to see my family in Sligo after work, and I had to keep... um, pulling the car over to buy coffees and have a nap. And I just was going, what's going on? And it just got worse over the weekend. Um, by the time I arrived back to Dublin on the Sunday, um, I'd obviously lied to my mum about how bad I was feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but at that stage, I, I couldn't see properly and I didn't quite know what was happening. And I woke up the next morning and realised that I had double vision, that it was just, you know, but it was so extreme that my right eye just slowly stopped moving entirely and was just oh. totally fixed to the front. Um, so that ended up with me being going to the opticians and then going to the Eye Hospital and then going to Vincent's. Um, I should point out that I didn't even want to go to the opticians. My husband had to beg me and right. I said, I'll be fine. Um, he says, you can't drive with double vision. And I was like, well, I'll walk to work then. And I looked at my watch and realised that if I walked to work, I'd be late. So only for that, I then was like, okay, fine, I'll go to the opticians because I'd be late to work anyways. And, yeah, and then the day just kind of went from there to me ending up in Vincent's for three weeks.
0: Three um, weeks, wow. And they did a load, a load of tests then, was it, Rosie? Oh,
1: so many. Two lumbar punctures and every test under the sun that you could imagine. Um and i guess it was hovering between, between two things um my mom was the first person who said to me um you know it could be ms yep. you know she knows people with ms and i thought she was absolutely off her rocker and i said it to the doctors and they were saying well it could and um, that's one of the things um and then the other thing was just a really random virus yep. so i guess i left hospital after three weeks and i was going okay sure look we'll try and think it's the best case scenario I didn't freak out because I know people with MS and I thought if it turns out to be that look we'll cope with that I was very much kind of like let's see what's in front of you and deal with that Um, and I tried to get back to my exercise routine and tried so hard like I used to Oh, I'd come home from work late, um, and I try and do like ninety minutes on a cross trainer. Like I loved the cross trainer so much in the gym, I thought I'll just buy one. Yeah. So I actually, a few years previously, had bought one, and I do ninety minutes of that. A nice but like real intensive stuff and hit sessions, and I go for runs. Like I was so active. And I couldn't get back to even a tenth of it. I could not believe how even one session of half of what I used to do was leaving me absolutely Just wipe
0: wipe you out completely.
1: Yeah, and then I remember going, okay, you've been in hospital three weeks, it's going to take time, so strip it back, and Mm. I did. And I just was getting these awful um, spasms in my my feet where my toes would shoot off in all kinds of directions, and I remember my physio going, that's not right, you know. There's something more mm. at play here. Um how long how long
0: then did they between then the tests and then the diagnosis um?
1: It was six months. Six and, months, wow. Yeah, and it's funny I knew I knew the diagnosis was coming because I knew like, you know, people often say, Oh, it's mind over matter and things like that and I've always been kind of going, you know, I, I went out with the attitude that I was going to get back to who I was. Yeah. I didn't think of the worst case scenario and yet still no matter what I did I couldn't like the fatigue was just horrendous and the spasms that I was getting um, and the harder I tried to push my body the worse the spasms would get I'd just be on the floor crying while my husband was trying to massage out my leg Um. so it was funny because every year for as long as I can remember we've done the um, darkness into light um, yeah, yeah. 5k yeah we've done it and... a
0: few times here yeah
1: Yeah and I remember the very first time we did it we walked and then a couple of other times we ran and I remember I think we ran at that time it was um oh I think this year it was on whatever date it was on anyways it was the the weekend just before I was due to go back to the hospital and it was funny it was one of those moments I just stood at the starting line and I kind of you know, said to my husband, I think everything is about to change on Wednesday. You and just you
0: just had that you had that gut feeling?
1: Yeah. You know your own body.
0: You do, um, yeah, yeah.
1: You yeah, knew there was indeed, something yeah. up like. And so I guess the diagnosis came on Wednesday and I just kind of went, okay, and went home. And actually, we got home and we put on our running gear and I went out for a run and said, right, I'm going to do the half marathon. I wow. have no more excuses.
0: That's brilliant. That's some way literally getting home from diagnosis and putting on the shoe, the runners, and like out we go. <clears throat> that's some yeah. um, that's some mindset shift because that could you know a lot of people could go the other way. Um, and then I'm sure you had your you know we'll get onto that in a bit. And um, obviously very tough moments, but uh, to mm-hmm. to have that mindset and have that focus of maybe of the race that kind of gave you that little bit of impetus to do it.
1: Yeah, I guess it was my thing. It helped me cope and, and it's funny because afterwards so many people have said to me, Gosh, you were in so much denial, you shouldn't have put your body through that half marathon because look, you know, I can see their point in some ways in that I went from somebody who could run every day to I was trying to train for the distance involved in a half marathon. I was going for a run on a Saturday or Sunday morning, doing fifteen kilometres and barely pulling myself through work the rest of the week
0: Until never mind you, yeah. having
1: any energy for so much as running a couple of kilometers so really trying to train for half marathon on one run a week
0: one run a week wow
1: was not the healthiest but the other side of that is it was what i needed to do yes okay some people said i was in denial but it was my way of coping during yeah. that period
0: and you needed um, that look. Like-
1: yeah and I don't think there's a wrong way of coping. And it was what I needed, and, yeah, it helped me through. And also, I have such wonderful memories from some of those those runs. I can so clearly... I just remember going for a run and, and, and savouring what every single footstep felt like.
0: Yeah, you're very mindful of, of the situation.
1: Oh, so much. Yeah, so I don't regret that because I have no. such wonderful memories. I'm so glad I did it
0: that's brilliant and we'll get on to how excises, you know is ongoing and how that's helping you um throughout the last few years as well so just for those who don't quite understand the um the ms itself um like my my mum has has a version of it now she's had it for a long time now so it's there's this different um types isn't there rosie And um, there's around kind of nine thousand people in ireland are suffering from it um you know, it obviously it affects the, the the central nervous system, I think, isn't it? So it's your kind of brain, spine, sometimes, as you said, your eyes and the optic nerve. Um, what was the, the 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 one that you were kind of um, diagnosed with? Was there a certain type?
1: Yeah, funny, the doctor didn't even say. And I guess I didn't ask. I went off and was quite, kind of assumed it was what's called relapsing remitting. Yeah. Which it actually is. Um, but it's, it's funny because depending on what doctor you speak to the definition of you know the different types of MS is shifting um, quite a lot at the moment but you know it's mostly considered that there's relapsing remitting which is periods of attack followed by periods of remission now for some people with MS that means they have a flare of say double fission and then you know it could get better within four weeks six weeks two months whatever and then disappear and they could be totally symptom free for another four or five years yeah for others it means that so for me my double vision took about a year to fully recover um but the fatigue I developed in that attack never ever lifted and I guess that I struggled with massively and then I went on to develop other relapses but um yeah, just for for other people. Then there's also what's called secondary progressive, uh, secondary progressive MS, and that's generally where so a person with secondary progressive starts with uh, relapsing remitting and uh, eventually progresses to secondary progressive. Now, in uh, the world we live in today, with you know new drugs coming on board all the time, that's changing and. You know, there's a lot of people now who will never reach um, secondary progressive, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, And then there's a type called primary progressive, which um, you have to be diagnosed with at the start. And it is almost like a different disease, nearly to the other types of MS. Um, It even behaves differently and doesn't respond to the same drugs. But,
0: um,
1: yeah, thankfully there's a lot more research going on to help people
0: with that that type of ms okay that's great i suppose this as i said it's um, progressing all the time um and just for the listeners there rosie what's it um in regards to chronic pain and living with chronic pain and um i just i read a quote from an interview you did and you said being in um which sometimes used to stick in a wheelchair as well and when you have flare-ups but you're saying being in a wheelchair is not um the worst thing being in pain kicks everything out of the water um and it uh, kind of be talking about some dark times when you're on the floor and you were crying. and just try and explain living with chronic pain um, see if you can. I know it's probably hard to describe it, but um
1: Yeah, it's funny because until you've experienced it, I guess you have this kind of idea I did too that, oh God, you must just have a low pain threshold. It must be the way your mind is. You kind of as humans, we can't really get our head around the fact somebody could be in pain. good chunk of the time because it's not rational um and i still remember i had a relapse in 2016 where i totally lost my balance and developed severe amount of pain kind of around my lumbar spine and into my hips it was kind of like someone tying a belt around there and burning into my leg and Oh, they were giving me all kinds of drugs in the hospital and, and, you know, they treated the balance loss and that was taken real serious. And the pain side wasn't really considered at all. And I remember leaving and going, but I'm still in pain, it's not gotten any better.
0: Yeah, that's what you need to manage as well because you're living with that pain, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and nothing was kind of done and I was going, okay. And I went home with it and weeks went on and I still remember, remember the point at which I was just sat having dinner at the table and I was just in agony and I just thought oh my god is this what chronic pain is like yeah like I cannot believe this pain has not gotten better um,
0: and how long could that last for I mean, you know the relapses
1: oh god so it varies um, is it yeah the, the funny thing is like I mean a doctor would treat that as well her balance improved on steroids and was considerably better within a few months, um, I mean, to, to, for it to have totally improved about a year probably, because oh. I do remember being outside and I was stood up outside at one point and it was really windy and I only that somebody caught me, I'd have fallen over, just the wind knocked me off balance. Just the weakness. Yeah, and that was the other thing, I developed what was called um, ataxia, um, which is like a um, it's where your muscles don't work in coordination so if i go to bend to pick something up i'm quite shaky um, yeah or if i go to move my leg um yeah so it's funny because pain is one of those things that depends on the doctor you get it's still a condition that is being fought they're fighting for recognition you know chronic pain ireland yeah. all the time um, and like they do recognize it as a disability in ireland now which is fantastic
0: that's um, great news
1: yeah, because I can even see, like, compared to, since moving to Germany, I mean, the first doctor I seen, the first MS doctor, um, just said to me, I was obviously a very sensitive person, pain isn't common in MS. Uh, she compared me to a thoroughbred horse that needed lots of taking care of, rather than a hard, sturdy cow who could buy life's, you know, ups and downs yeah and i was kind of going jesus christ if you were to step into my shoes and see what i have survived in the last three years and she finished by saying oh you don't have ms at all
0: she said that <laughs>
1: oh, yeah so i was going oh my god and i rang my doctor in ireland and he was just like shocked and i, I he had you know wow. went back and forth with her but it was just it was that thing again of just she didn't have compassion she didn't
0: no empathy no empathy there no no understanding
1: no and she did not want to see my MRIs predating the one she took Um, because I'm unusual in that my lesions disappear ones I've accumulated have vanished off MRIs and you know that doesn't always mean that they've gotten better you know there's new research that suggests that that could be the opposite so look anyway yeah it's hard it's hard to get you know when you find doctors that understand your pain, you cherish them. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. I have a very good MS doctor in Ireland and uh, my pain consultant's there as well. So, you
0: know, so you'll go to. It's good to have that um, support structure.
1: Yeah, um, very important.
0: And uh, <clears throat> talking of support structures, you know, you're, um, how important is you know, obviously your, your husband Niall and your family and um, brother Niall and Rory um, and your mum Jackie and Port.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's huge having family to understand and, you know that's the one thing that I'm very lucky with. Um, like my own husband has had two brain tumours. Um, yeah, I, n-
0: I only sort of read that when I was. I didn't know that at all actually. Oh, wow, hey. like um, yeah. You've both been through. Um, so that's good. So you've been you know support each other through these huge um, huge okay. events like.
1: Yeah. So. I think because of that, he's got a better understanding of what I'm going through. Um, and it's that empathy, again, you know. And that's for, what you need. Surrounded. Like... Yeah, surrounded by people who really stop to understand what I'm going through. And, you know, the same with my parents and my family. People really listen and support me. So that's just massive.
0: Yeah, family is very important. Um and that's the good thing about it. we've got a big family haven't we roses so it's, it's good to have that support yeah yeah a <laughs> um, um, bit of positive news then a couple of months after the diagnosis i all got down on, on the old one knee and um, popped a question um so that must have given you um so you know a great buzz and great focus then as well i remember reading a bit about when you're saying wedding plans are a little different and hens and things because <laughs> you have to take into account a lot of different variables don't you um how did that go and it was actually <clears throat> and apologies i was unable to make the wedding i remember it's exactly the same weekend i opened oh, yeah. studio seven in july 2017 so i heard it was amazing though and there's a castle in um sligo was it um, yeah a
1: place called markery castle
0: oh yeah talk talk me through that and the build-up to the wedding and um the wedding day you had a bit of a relapse was it the wedding morning as well
1: um it's funny like um god you know if i could go back i probably would do a lot very differently um i put too much stress on myself okay I should have stepped back and have gone. My health is more important, you know. Let's do the small scale. Let's, you know, I guess my health. I was still in the very early days of my MS, and it still wasn't stable. And I was throwing in the stress of wedding planning and wedding planning with the disability. Um. So yeah, like that was 2015. We got engaged. Yeah, and then 2016, I had the two very severe relapses um and yeah they just they left me with so much pain um you know um so i was continuing then to obviously try and plan a wedding with a disability um and i realized that like there was nothing like hen parties were all about pub crawls and um, yeah and if you didn't want a pub crawl it was assumed you wanted to just have afternoon tea and do nothing and i was kind of going i want music i want cocktails i want to <laughs> yeah. you know share dance if I have to and um, yeah it took a lot of, a lot of um, searching to find a venue that would just give us a room in a hotel to have a party in you know um, for the, yeah
0: and spend the, the whole time there because obviously moving around the place wasn't no, <coughs> from pub yeah. to pub wasn't really an option yeah
1: exactly so um, yeah I actually set up a Facebook page then for Weddings with a Difference to try and just offer support to other brides and grooms living with illnesses or disabilities and who are planning a wedding um, yeah, and it's it's just there's, there's not really, even now there's still very little out there um, I guess there's that kind of pe- people with disabilities are invisible they're invisible in every walk of life yeah. um, you know I have friends who wheelchair users who have had babies and they've said they can find a book on everything like having a baby on all kinds of diets, all kinds of lifestyles except for having a baby when you live with a disability
0: it's madness isn't it
1: you know, it, it's it's just crazy, and um, and as I said, you know, you're not disabled by your wheelchair; you're disabled by your environment. I have been to places like Copenhagen, say, that is so accessible, and I have not noticed that I'm in a wheelchair. And wow. then you go to other countries, like you know, Dublin's not the worst, Ireland's not the worst, but it's still horrendous. You still,
0: know? still, but way behind where it should be. Ian. Oh,
1: so far behind, and. You go out in the chair and all you want to do is cry and you want to pick up the chair and throw it across the street because you're so angry that the world doesn't want you and that's what it feels like that you're being told we'll stay at home and then you have this added layer that because the world isn't accessible people with disabilities then aren't visible in society because they can't get out and about and because they're not visible they're then not taught about you know yeah and Let's face it, nobody seems to think about accessibility until it becomes an issue and it is something that will affect everybody at some point, whether through ageing, through injury like breaking a leg or you know, something like that or, or even just having children and trying to get massive buggies in and out of shops. Yeah. Um, it's something that would benefit us all as having an accessible society.
0: Oh no, big time, 100% and as I said, the fact that you were, you know I know you did a blog and you have a blog and you, you know, given adv- advice to where things like big occasions, you said, people having children, getting married, but even just getting around day to day, like, and, you know, um, and you're pushing for that. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, you're an you're an ambassador for MS Island as well, which we're going to talk about a little bit in a little bit, but I'm sure they're doing, you know, work towards that as well. And, you know, hopefully um, Ireland will be able to catch up um, um, at some stage. Um,
1: yeah there's a lot of very good agencies kind of battling in the background that people don't even know about and you know they're doing so much work so yeah. fingers crossed you know, trojan- little
0: by little exactly there's some trojan work going on there i'm sure behind the scenes um so as i said the more you know in the way you do and the way you promote it and the w- <clears throat> what you um what you walk to work towards is going to be um you know highlight um highlight the issue and hopefully get um get some changes made so that's brilliant um, we're gonna just gonna talk to you a little bit about, about uh, your love for art rosie um and like myself um, i am I'm, I'm mad about it too but um i just um you know and I think i read where kind of drawing and painting gave you that that respite and gave you something to to focus on and it has become a huge part of your life so talk me through was it something you always were interested in rosie is it something that um got more or got more interested in it or just gave you some way to express Express yourself.
1: Uh yeah, it's funny, like I, I've loved art since I was tiny. Um my mum is very artistic and was always drawing or painting when we were kids. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved it in school. Um I, I got an A in my leave cert art um, and funny enough I was I was very much torn between whether I should do um an art portfolio my final year to go to art college or whether I should you know invest my time in trying to get the points you know i yeah. want i had the side of myself where i wanted to prove i could get these wonderful points that everybody talks about and i opted for that rather than what my heart was probably telling me which was the art. Um, and that,
0: that happens i spoke about that in the previous podcast as well about our environment or you know the pressure we have to get your points to get to, to do a degree that maybe you didn't mind but it wasn't your passion or deep down and you know i i did art, um and i kind of gave it up uh, because like that same thing it's like you know I'm gonna be able to make a living of it and then you push towards doing something else but um it always comes well hopefully comes back around which it has for you and you know it has for yeah. me so um you know and that's you know that's important to, to you know i'm sure it says your soul or your gut you know is, is lit up by it um which is great that you've gone back 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 into it
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess because I I studied journalism, but I I knew it very soon that it wasn't what I thought it was, so I got very much involved in the college paper and the design side, and um, I got a job then in the production team of the Irish Farmers Journal, and that was about um, designing the publications and editing them, and I just absolutely loved that. So for many years there, um, I guess that design and art side of myself was being fulfilled through work, so I stopped painting for the first time in my life for kind of from around the time I finished college, um, until I was about 26, so yeah, and it kind of, I got back into my art then, um, I had wanted to paint my wedding invites anyways, but as it happened I had that bad relapse in 2016, and I just came home and I, I, you know, I wasn't able to work. There was a lot, you know, I wasn't doing. I was at home a fair amount, so I just started painting, and it just was this amazing escapism. Um, and I realised that, you know, I guess I'd lost my running and yes. all of that side of things. And suddenly here was my art, and it, I guess it, you know, came full circle. I fell back in love with it again, and for me, it's been. Oh, I can't put into words what it's done for me, you know, it's
0: everything. Yeah. Um, and that kind of led on to um, Rosie featured in um, an RT program, which is for those who aren't in Ireland, it's, um, it's network TV, RT television. They did a, they have a program called Big Life Fix. Um, so basically it's a team of sort of engineers and designers and there's tech people and they create inventions, that can help to transform people's lives it's really insp- inspirational program <clears throat> and um i think it was earlier this year it was featured wasn't it rosie um how did that come about and how big an effect because what they you, there's a bit of atrophy which we touched on earlier with your muscles and your arms sort of holding it up so what did they come up with and how was that experience um just to let the listeners um know a bit about that yeah so um just out of
1: the blue one day i got um a message on Twitter from a lady um, saying would, we mind if, which, would I mind if, they, if she had a chat with me um, about this new show they're putting together and at, the, the mo- at that period I was kind of I guess say like I studied journalism but I was incredibly shy in front of a camera, in front of a radio mic, I all the time pushed myself to try and get more confident and it never seemed to get better so I got MS and I was kind of, at the time she contacted me, I was going through this phase where I was going, you know, don't say no to things. Say yes when you're asked to do the radio interviews and, and different things because I was quite passionate about being an advocate for MS Ireland and I didn't want to let my nerves hold me back. Yeah, When she messaged me, I was just like, oh yeah, sure, and I didn't kind of think much about it. Um, And she said, yeah, we read your blog and would love to chat to you more. and. God, long story short, I guess they, they came out to the house and they were chatting to me and explaining, you know, what the show was about and that there was going to be quite, they were talking to a lot of people before narrowing it down to the, the final group. I think it was group of 12. Um. And then there was quite a few months passed and I heard nothing. And I just assumed, God, they've definitely not picked me. I mean, why would they have picked me anyways? Like, you know, yeah. for what reason? And then I get... um. A phone call to say they have and i was just baffled like baffled I, I remember saying i actually remember having a discussion with um you know a couple of friends and saying i think i should say no i don't deserve this and they were just looking at me going what is wrong with you, you why don't of, you deserve it
0: you were telling you, the, your narrative that was what you're telling yourself that yeah
1: yeah I, I guess i i it's funny you can say you have a disability and you know you're disabled but it's another thing really believing it
0: yeah true
1: and seeing yourself the way others see you or i guess you just yeah you live in your own little world and you get by and yeah so i guess it was a shock for me as well to kind of be like you know God, this, this is yeah, so,
0: this, this is me this is my life kind of thing and putting it out there to the to the nation
1: yeah yeah it was very um Oh, there was hard, hard points at times, like, you know, when you're being interviewed and stuff, where I was kind of, like, you know, I kept going along with it, but the whole time I just felt so nervous, so nervous about people seeing it. You know, I loved working with the team and the inventors. Yeah. Oh, my God, they're just absolutely amazing people. And, you know, what they were offering me was out of this world, but I was so nervous. I felt so vulnerable when it went to air. It was like... Yeah.
0: No, I think it came across amazing. Like, it was really good. and
1: um, Yeah. In fairness to the producers and everything, they, they edited it so tastefully, you know. They didn't yeah. try to make a drama out of your sadness, if that makes sense. Uh,
0: yeah, so, I understand, yeah. And it was basically, they, they kind of designed something the way you could have your, kind of, you're looking at a screen, but there's a camera looking down or something. So you could draw without having to lift your arm up. Was that kind of, then there was yeah. a 3D three D printer, I think, was it kind of connected so, to
1: it? It's a few couple of, a few different bits to it. So, um, funny enough, I'm actually talking to you with my iPad on one of the stands they've designed. Um, so, yeah, so it was an uh, iPad is, you know, the main piece of software and that then attaches to um, like this arm that comes out and a little light behind it. And the idea then is like, I love doing watercolors. And, you know, the thing with that is you can be, you know, Stooped over the desk an awful lot, and like you're you're looking down at the page. You know your posture isn't the way it should be. You shouldn't be. You're not upright. You're not. The ergonomics are all wrong. Yeah. And my pain would just flare up so badly in my my neck and my back. Um. So the idea was then that by having this iPad, I could look through the camera. Um. I'd be able to look through that while painting like my hand and everything is underneath the camera if that makes sense. And yeah. I mean, the iPad's on a stand and I'm looking through the iPad, keeping my posture and painting. And then what I'm able to do is zoom in using the iPad. So rather than before where you'd be using doing really detailed pieces, you your face would nearly be against the page. You
0: kinda of stoop down onto the page, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like um, there's obviously like the fact that my arm is obviously rested when I'm painting on the table. Um and then the days then where I you know my pain is bad I'm not even up to the level of wanting or being able to sit at the desk um, and on those days I'm able to just go to um, the couch and I can just do little sketch on the iPad and you know whatever I have the time for or I'm capable of doing um, and then there's this uh, robotic arm uh, I send whatever my drawing to that um, and it will draw it out for me. So I can then sit and paint. Or the other very good side of it is, where I'm doing typography I find, like, I have a wobble in my hand sometimes, so it's very difficult to get um, straight lines and to do really nice swishy font.
0: You know, the harder you
1: try, the more wobbly it goes. Um, So I can do that on the iPad because there's actually a setting um, that removes jitter. Oh, wow. It's streamlined the font, and then again, the robotic arm will draw that out for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's been absolutely fantastic, and I mean, it's even opened up the the door to like other stuff. Like, my brain has gone into overdrive now, and I'm playing I'm <laughs> that like the creative the creative
0: juices flowing.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny the things you're in your head. You're going, God, you could design this, you could design that, but you know just through the lads and what they've designed for me I'm also seeing that like if uh, acrylic painting is something I get into more um, because I've been trying to do some of that but I've actually been doing it in the way you do watercolours where it's flat out on the desk yeah. and I'm using my iPad but because I struggle if it's up you know straight to lift my arm up to do arm, it yeah. but there are robotic arms that you literally rest your whole arm into and it supports your arm and it swings around and wow you know, so it's it's comforting to know there's things out there, um obviously, for me, what the lads have designed is you know watercolors are my first love, and that's what I love doing, yeah, um so yeah, they've made that possible again, like you know, I can sit and paint for hours again, whereas before, before get I was tired like 20, twenty minutes if you were lucky and wow. you had so much pain, and I'd be going off to the wall to try and foam roll and get the trigger points, and that's so yeah. made a
0: huge difference, um. Massive. In your life, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, but no, if you haven't seen one of the shows, you know, kind of check it out. I'm sure you'll find it on the RT player or somewhere where um they, there's all sorts of things they make for people. So, you know, as I said, the, the, the tech is out there. And <clears throat> for that to, 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 especially something you love and you felt you could only do for 20 minutes, that's um, something special that you can now do a few hours and create create more and that kind of sort of leads us on to what you've been doing with your christmas cards rosie so um uh, as i said before you're an ambassador for ms island and uh, you've created some beautiful christmas cards which you think you had to get another box was it they sold out or something was yeah. that <laughs> all hands oh, on deck sorry. for another another 400 or something but um yeah tell us how that, that came about and um how and what Um, MS Islands have kind of done for you and for your family and and just in general um, the work they do um, yeah
1: Yeah, um, I guess you know I've wanted to sell my art for a long time I do gifts and stuff for family and friends and I just think god how lovely it is to be able to share that with others Um, and I kind of god I decided in the summer that I was going to do Christmas cards this year Um, and it's, it's funny, like what you were saying in your previous podcast about, you know, self-doubt and things. I don't know how many times I talked myself out of it. Like, yeah. I spent the entire summer going, you're not good enough. Um, I'd do a design and be like, no, that's not right. And so it came down to the wire. And, like, this is a thing. It ended up being a very stressful week for me where my pain flared up, And you're kind of going, yeah, but it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was like... I had months where I could have done those paintings, and I should have done them. Yeah. And I think that's an important lesson I've learned out of this, is that I am good enough. You know, I need to banish that voice and just just do what I love. And yeah. if I love it, and other people love it wonderful, if they don't, I've enjoyed the process.
0: Exactly and um, I think you were talking about before we started we talked about the Jerry Hussey podcast you listen to and he's you know him saying like you know just you know trying you know get get out of your own way and I found that's great because I was in my own way for years I was seeing the same thing as you know you'll never open a business you're not from Kalani do you know you're um <clears throat> how you're gonna get the money and you know I've written it off so um you know as they go you know we're all drawn towards the negative but in the end it was like as you said look you know you, you'll try it if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't you know but at the same time you can't go back and say oh, I didn't give it a go you know and that's, I think that would have killed me if I didn't so it's the same with you know same with you you like look I'll put it out there the fact that you can you know and how Jerry talks a lot about being conscious of you've got that the, the thing about being humans you've got that choice you can you have the ability to make A choice to do it or not do it and that differentiates us between you know other species you know so um but I think it's it it takes time you know and and I've been in the same position but that's amazing you were kind of said look no I'm going to do it and you know because you're passionate about art and if it can and help other people in the process you know that's a that's a win-win
1: yeah and that was the thing I think because I wanted to do it for MSR and that was the kick I just couldn't like it reached you know October and I was kind of saying to myself what is wrong with me, like, you know, you, this is a way for you to give back, this is a way for you to give something back to that charity that has helped you so much, and I guess that was the kick I needed, that's what got, you know, me out there with my art, um, so yeah, I just took the plunge, um, I had a lot of family, uh, and my husband, you know, talked me, talked me around <laughs> yeah. and be like, no, that piece is good, do not put that <laughs> <in there." laughs> Um they're honest yeah.
0: they're honest with you which is good
1: yeah they were so so that helped um, yeah, And yeah like my brother helped me with the the editing of you know if you have to digitize the the paintings and stuff um so he helped me with that side and
0: that's brilliant family yeah, family, family effort
1: it was yeah and yeah they sold within 24 hours of me uh telling people about them online they'd sold out wow and yeah and now they've ordered 400 packs so I'm just baffled <laughs>
0: that's amazing and, and where can and just for the listeners who want to get hold of them um, where can they find them um, right
1: yeah, so if it's uh, MS Ireland um, I should have actually I should know the, the website off by heart but if you just google um, MS Ireland or MS Ireland shop um, okay. or even if you go on any of their social media platforms or mine there's, there's, there's links to the shop there and yeah you can order the packs and uh they'll ship them once they're back in stock and there's, um, a, there's
0: a robin in there was a <laughs> there is
1: there's a, a little robin people love the robin i love the robin um, yeah everyone i have so many people now asking for painting <laughs> for robins this christmas Sheesh, you'll be busy pubs. you'll be busy
0: for next year rosie you'll be uh You'll be no. painting robins left, right and centre.
1: My mum said, she says, you don't really need to paint anything else. You just <laughs> paint different versions of You could have a
0: business of a, a robins. Yeah, I, that, I think that's going kind to of work. Everyone loves robins, don't they?
1: They do, yeah. I think, you know, they mean a lot in Ireland. There's kind of this thing, of, particularly if you lose a loved one, you know. Yeah, yeah. The robin comes to visit, so.
0: It makes people yeah. feel happy and at ease, doesn't it?
1: I think so. And they're just, you know, one of those birds to always bring a smile to your face. So yeah. I would quite happily sit and paint robins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that's oh. brilliant um yeah, good we're not not too far away and we'll keep you for too much longer because i know um you're an hour ahead of us over there um sure. but um how are you sort of currently um at the moment like i know you said before three messages over the last little while you know you're doing you're trying to exercise you're doing a bit of yoga um uh, were you on a trial of new drugs just how, how are things going at the minute yeah i mean
1: so oh after my relapses in 2016 um between the two of them, there was about three months, and during those three months, I started trying to get my mobility back up. And I obviously had the relapse then again, and I thought, oh my God, you've gone and overdone it. Because I have that real tendency, as most people do, who, you know, you love your exercise, and, you know, we push ourselves to the ends of the earth. We don't know, often know how to rest, and that rest is every bit as important as, you know, huge. exercising. Huge, huge, yeah. And I got it into my head that I had done the damage. And no doctor corrected me. No doctor said exercise is important. And I I stopped exercising. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I could barely walk as it was, but there was still something I could have done. You know, I yeah. could have still done two minutes down the road or whatever. And, look, the big thing in Ireland that's missing is neuro rehab does not exist. They're, like, rehabilitation medicine is is just very poorly funded and you know i could have been back up in on my feet in no time had i got the help i needed then instead it's been years and the thing with pain is the longer your pain goes on that it's not being addressed the more likely it is to become chronic because your system becomes um oversensitized to it and it's like it's detecting pain in places that you don't have pain like i know if i bump myself against something pain and I'm kind of I'm there like looking at my arm going you're not really that badly injured cop on you know it's just my nervous system is so highly sensitized highly
0: sensitive yeah this
1: um so yeah I mean god it's I look back and I go it's an awful shame because I still had huge amounts of muscle left you know um from all the exercise I did and yeah I mean god I eventually you know I found my way back to aquaerobics and MS Ireland run um, a physio program, which is, it's more or less like a group exercise program. Brilliant. And I discovered that and, oh God, it changed my life. Like aside from the amazing people I met through the program, um, just seeing that I could exercise, you know, that I could do it, you You were
0: able to do it, yeah. That was huge.
1: Yeah, and then, um, oh, I guess, you know, I have ups and downs. The weather affects my stiffness, and I mean, pain is the most limiting factor for me. And um, definitely, like if I have a pain flare, it really sets my mobility back. Okay. Um, and I had a very bad pain flare last year. And um, I, I mean, my I get spasticity in my hips, which is like tightness, and I noticed that it was increasing. And then I put my back out, and. Um, you know, I kind of find, because what you don't realise is if your your gait changes because your hips are tight, yeah. that puts your back off balance. I have mild scoliosis, it ups my chances of putting my back out, and it was just all, it was a perfect storm. Um, and look, I ended up in a very bad situation last year that I couldn't even stand for long enough to barely put on a slice of toast without wanting wow. to cry with the pain. And that wasn't just like a week, that was you know god i'm talking months i'm talking you know it was about a year um yeah so um my my consultant then um told me about uh the royal donnybrook in in dublin ireland they're one of the only i think inpatient neuro rehabilitation facilities for people with ms in ireland and mm-hmm. um, and um yeah i went there for about 4 weeks and you know, I guess prior to that, what I had been doing was I had been, I had built myself up to a level before, you know, the bad pain flare, where I was exercising, um, you know, three or four times a week and then being wrecked in between. Yeah. Um, and this kind of, you know, they taught me that it was about doing something every day, you know? Move, that move,
0: move something every day, even if it's yeah. for a few minutes kind of thing.
1: Yeah. They were like, even if your pain is awful, we'll walk up and down your hall a few times. Like, go up to the lamppost there on your road and back again. Like, that five minutes every day builds up to more at the end of a week.
0: Yeah, it accumulates if you add it up, yeah. That's, that's yeah. good advice.
1: You know, and, you know, I kind of see that there's there's, you know... But when I, I left and I remember I started trying to look up, Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of um hydrotherapy with... um place in called Kilshipper Woods and um, they do neuro rehab um, and there's actually a fantastic place in Sligo as well called the the MS um, Therapy Centre they're, they're separate to MS Ireland but they run a um, load of great programs for people with MS as um, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, hydrotherapy everything like that but outside of that there is more hydrotherapy services in Ireland for animals than there are for people. No way. And it benefits everyone. Like, if you break a leg, you have a knee replacement, hip replacement.
0: So many know. so many people could use it, yeah.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Um. So, but look, the, uh, we moved to Germany then, and obviously COVID kicked off, so that's kind of put, you know, a stop on me going to hydrotherapy pools and stuff, so... Yeah yeah i just kind of I, I took the approach i i took the dog out i remember i arrived and um when i left the royal hospital donnybrook i actually started a new medication as well that day um and i mean
0: how did you get on week- with that
1: great yeah now it, it, it's a it's a tough one to receive at the time you can be quite wrecked um because it's it's derived from chemotherapy initially but obviously it's a different drug altogether but it's yeah. from that family so at the end of the infusion you're very wiped out and very weak um but aside from that then you know you know it's been brilliant i mean okay look i i, I got an awful lot of infections on it in my first year i was getting sinus infections constantly so i ended up having to have sinus surgery in the summer okay. to rectify that um and then, obviously, I caught that flu last um, last November, She's which a, set me back. It could so, have been
0: COVID, but you don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was that ill. I've never been that ill in my life. There's a few um, people like that, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, so, I, I was very set back after coming out of the rehab. I was kind of going, oh, my God, I'm back at square one. Yeah. But in my mind, I wasn't back at square one, because in my mind, I was kind of going, yes, but you did it before, and you can do yeah. it again. And and that's, I knew, that's brilliant
0: once you've got your your mindset in that position yeah. do you know your body will follow because you know you've done it so
1: that's it. yeah and i knew that like you know baby steps i I've, moved to germany and i remember taking the dog and walking up the back here and back and i mean it must have been five minutes and i did that every day and kind of got to the stage that like you know there a few weeks ago we went out and they did five thousand steps on one walk and you know it's just mind-boggling wow, that's brilliant you know, bit by bit. I'm like, I guess the thing is, there are days that I can't do that. There's days that, you know, the 25 minute walk is just 10 minutes. And
0: But it's I something, have, do you know?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have been okay with that even a year ago. I'd have been angry with myself. I would have seen it that I was slipping back. Whereas now I'm going, no, you have this condition. It's just part of that. And look, isn't it great you did those 10 yeah. minutes?
0: And that's brilliant yeah. that, that that gratitude is huge and it's something i brought into my life for the last few years and i found it massive like it's it's just we're designed to you could have done nine really good things that day but we're drawn to the one thing that didn't get according to us it didn't go right. But uh, as you said, you nailed it there. It's like, actually, you know, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm actually, that, that's a win for me today that I did 10 minutes, you know, because it could have been no minutes. So yeah. to, to flip that mindset is brilliant because it can easily go the other way. So as you said, that you've kind of trained yourself over the years and that's brilliant. And that, that's a that's a powerful message to, to send to people. And it kind of just goes, as I said, into the last couple of questions. But uh, my next question was kind of advice really, Rosie, that you, you might give someone, I suppose young or old, as I said, but you have there is a myth, I think, and I think you touched on in an interview that um, MS happened to older people um but just your advice to young or old who, who, who had been diagnosed with 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 what you had been diagnosed with um who might initially you know obviously kind of maybe go down the negative negative route which i'm sure you've had negative moments as well but uh, just just a bit of advice how what you would give to somebody say newly diagnosed
1: yeah i mean look go with go with your emotions i mean that's the thing i mean you have to grieve as well
0: you know yeah. there's
1: no point um like there has points where I have been blindly positive to the point that I've done myself damage. There's no point in me going out tomorrow and saying, "Yeah, come on, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk an extra ten minutes," and then being crippled for the week. Yeah. So, I like, yeah, I like realistic positivity. Yeah. Um, but you know, so if you need to cry and you need to be angry, that is totally okay. You're going to do what you need to do to cope, and there's no right or wrong way to do that. Um, but I guess just to know that what your view of MS probably is because that's often what you know people people have quite a negative view of it. like it it's totally individual person to person and look okay I I up in a wheelchair if I at the moment yes I'm up to walking 25 minutes but if I want to go out with my husband into the town to do sightseeing and I know we're going to be out for four or five hours I will take the wheelchair I will walk 15 minutes will wheel me for 15 minutes i see that as better because i get to see the world and does the wheelchair bother me not one bit because i think we all underestimate what we can cope with and look i in general i don't know um if anyone else you know my age um using a wheelchair that early in their ms journey and i think most of it for me comes from the chronic pain as opposed to the ms now i know you know, the MS feeds to chronic pain, it's caused it and all that, but, um yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is, do what you have to do, but don't panic, like, don't, yeah. you know, they're they're so, I had someone recently say that they had looked all, you know, the list of MS and what it causes, and they were just waiting for the next symptom to hit, and I said, in your lifetime with MS, you will not even get a handful of those symptoms. Yeah. But, Websites list them all. Like so many people I know, the vast majority of people, are living really well with MS. Okay, there's fatigue and you adapt to that, you have naps. But I guess it's that thing. My my, my biggest advice for anyone is is stress. Just cut stress out of your life. Okay, there's always gonna be stressful events, but you need to find a healthier way to manage that stress. Brilliant yeah. um how you react to me, it, like... For me, since I have, um, you know, I mean, I took a year out of work. Um, I have just very much spent that time focusing on myself. Um, I did a thing called autogenic training, which um, kind of helps to train you into a state of deep relaxation to kind of help uh, turn the pain response down in your system. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of a med- yeah. meditation
0: involved there.
1: Yeah, it's it's just for anyone interested, definitely definitely look it up. Um, so yeah, stress reduction is massive, and it's massive for any you know auto autoimmune condition. Um, yeah. You know, everyone will tell you about this diet and that diet, and my God, yes, I have tried them all. And you know, even had someone once say to me, "Oh, but how did you relapse if you were a vegan?" As if you know I had done something wrong I'd eaten a piece of meat that brought on my relapse and I was going oh my god like wow No. um yeah the best thing you can do for your body is reduce stress yeah definitely
0: no that's brilliant and when you said it there about the chair I remember seeing something that was um Someone was asked about, oh, it must be tough being in the chair. And he said, no, it'd be tough if I wasn't in the chair and I was at home, stuck inside the whole time. So I think that was pretty powerful. It's like, you know, it's, and that's a great, you know, a great message to send to people. Like, is you want to see the world? You just said that, you know, you don't want to be, you know, you're a young woman. Um, You know, any age, you know, you don't want to be stuck indoors. So as I said, the chair is is there. It helps you. It's, It's, you know, sit there if you need it. And if you are out for a few hours, it gives you that respite Mm -hmm. and then you can get up and do another little bit so and that's a great message to um to send out
1: yeah and i mean i'm so active it's just i i see i see it as a way to keep me more active like bringing the wheelchair out with us um means that i take a rest when i need it so that i'm always doing i'm not pushing myself too far if that yeah. makes sense yeah that and you're getting a the recovery
0: in as well so then mm-hmm. and that's what i talk about a few of my workshops that principle of os- oscillation which you've kind of nailed there really is just getting periods of recovery during your day and then yeah. periods periods of movement and then periods of recovery that's and, it. and then it's keeping your yourself charged up rather than yeah. as you said you you know and you know your own body um and you know, look, look 10 yeah. minutes I think is, is enough for me today, but that's 10 minutes more than yeah. doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? So, th-
1: th- and look, I it was funny. I was listening to your interview with Jerry Hussey and him talking about fear, and and uh, yeah, I do recognize that's still a thing. I, I've now become I've gone from pushing myself too far to going, I'm afraid of pushing myself too far. I'm afraid of, oh, should I go for that walk? Shouldn't I go for that walk? Is it going to be too much? And it's kind of you know. I guess it's about learning to listen to your body and that's not something any of us are ever taught and no. I've been forced to learn it because I got MS. Yeah. Whereas, you know, all I can say to people is don't wait to get an illness. Don't wait for bad things to happen to learn that your body isn't invincible and it won't go forever. You know, don't keep pushing it to breaking point. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. And, and Cherish it. Value what it does for you.
0: Exactly. And it's, an, it's an amazing vessel and I said we... As you you just said, 100% agree with it, Like we tend to wait until something happens, or we, to us, or you know, and um, then to actually take action. Um, but as I said, it's as you know yourself, so, you know, t- you know, time doesn't wait. Like you know, time just keeps rolling. So it's so what we do in that time is 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 the important thing. So. Excellent message, and, and just where people kind of you've got a you've you've got a blog, and and is there any other avenues people can 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 you know read a bit of your stuff, or where, where can people look Rosie to find you and and talk about your journey, if there any questions for you?
1: Yeah, so I mean the one I'm most active on would be um, Instagram, and that's um my my tag is at um that's just a symbol that my name is uh what Rosie did. Mm, yep. Yeah um and then my website is um www she runs with ms dot wordpress. com
0: she runs with ms dot wordpress dot com
1: yes i set it up when training for my uh half marathon and wondering why there wasn't enough out there for people you know trying to train for things while living with these different conditions
0: yeah no that's amazing there was um um, yeah, and there was a quote that I found, I think it was on that WordPress uh, blog, and you actually, I think you drew the flower as well, I've painted the flower, and I had at the end of the day, we can endure so much more than we think we can, um, so I found that pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's Frida and um, she was um, a Mexican artist who lived with chronic pain, um, so yeah, I find her, her work and you know, her message is very inspiring
0: that's brilliant so what i do i'll add those rosie to the notes on the when i release the podcast um so people can kind of follow your journey and um be inspired for it so that's amazing um just over the hour there sorry to keep you too long but uh it no, was it okay, was
1: a, I, yeah
0: it, it was a, it was amazing no i just want to acknowledge you um would say how proud i am of you um and that's you know as a cousin but just as, a, as you being a human being that you are and and what you've done um in the face of adversity and how you're now an advocate and an ambassador for ms island and i think it touched a lot of people but also the families of people as well with it um so you know you know as i said it's, it's an amazing um you, what you've done and, and how you're kind of working with it and um you know giving advice to people um in their own journeys as well so um you know amazing to have you on and thank you for um for coming on and um answering my questions so no really appreciate it um and yeah thanks so much
1: yeah no thank you so much for having me on you know it's a privilege to be able to to talk about it and hopefully helps help some other people going through
0: it i'm sure you will i'm sure you will am sure we get some good um some good feedback on this and you and uh, and i'm sure people will um will uh, really sort of connect with it and um learn a lot from it so thanks again and um continued um health and i wish you and niall and trixie a very merry christmas and all the family as well back in Sligo and all over ireland and uh, yeah i'm sure i'll be chatting to you at some stage over the christmas
1: yeah no it's been great chatting to you and, and you'll have to tell everyone i was asking after them and Mum and John and the kids and your mum and dad.
0: So yeah, thanks, uh, Rosie, and hope you have a fab Christmas. And um, and hi to Nile and Trixie. And <laughs> I will uh, be speaking to you very soon.
1: You too, Michael. Take care.